the playoffs have already started for the Islanders. Of course, the players seem to have immediately bought into that energy. If I were betting men, I wouldn't bet on the Canadians <laughs> for that game. So I want us to believe in ourselves. Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 177, and the first podcast episode of the Patrick Waugh era with the New York Islanders. Hi, I'm your host, Andrew Gross of Newsday, and joined tonight by my good friend and colleague, Neil Best. Thank you for having me back. (laughs) I did not expect all this excitement after I was finally done with football, but this is a good way to return to the hockey world. And what we're talking about is it's been a whirlwind 24 hours for the Islanders on Saturday. President General Manager Lou Lamorello announces the firing of Lane Lambert, um, Sort of, you could see the writing on the wall. The Islanders have a dismal 0-3-1 road trip. Uh, They can just muster a 4-3 overtime loss in the last game to uh, Moribund, Chicago, without Connor Bedard, without essentially half their lineup. And uh, Lane Lambert is fired almost immediately after that game. They, They made it back to New York. And then... Lou Lamarillo with the double announcement that Hall of Fame goaltender and former Colorado Avalanche goalie Patrick Waugh is the new New York Islanders coach, and he opens up with an energetic 3-2 overtime win against the Dallas Stars at UBS Arena on Sunday night. They face the Vegas Golden Knights, the defending Stanley Cup champion, on Tuesday, and then, of course... Patrick Waugh goes back to Montreal on Thursday for a game against the Canadians. And, Neil, you, you were here all day from the opening puck of morning skate through Bo Horvat's overtime goal, 41 seconds in. I, I guess what jumps out is just the energy and the enthusiasm that Patrick Waugh is bringing to his second NHL job. Yeah, well, that's indis- that was indisputable, as you said, from the minute that morning skate started. And all of a sudden, the reporters who are, you know, a fair distance from the ice surface are literally hearing every word the guy says because he was just yelling, not not yelling like mad yelling, just, just projecting. And, um, you know, look, it, sometimes I have to be careful and separate my, my personal interests from the fact this guy's been hired to win, win hockey games. But because for us... He's such an engaging character and such a great quote. He's going to be great for the media. But more importantly, of course, the players seem to have immediately bought into that energy. And, you know, even if it's them talking themselves into it after a kind of a, you know, lull in their play, it doesn't matter as long as it results in better, you know, better production. And the the players have bought into the energy the same way the reporters did who were watching and the same way I assume fans did on television and in person watching this guy behind the bench just like engaged is is putting it too mildly (laughs) well I mean we we clearly not only at the morning skate could you hear Patrick Waugh what he was saying to the players on the ice and amongst the messages is they have to come together be one the playoffs have already started for the Islanders and uh, the players talked about how he really preached team unity and, and being one. But here at UBS Arena, 
We're in the press box. I mean, it's a little bit further away from the ice, and we could hear him in the press box. Had a buddy text me saying he could hear uh, Patrick Waugh from the 300s. I, I, I asked Bo Horvat after the game. Um, another coach uh, I, I, I followed or I covered when I was covering the Rangers was Elaine Vigneault, and Vigneault's voice was very piercing and, and known around the league. So I asked Bo, like, you know, who, who projected better, and, and he did say Patrick Waugh, but he laughed about it. Now, you, you talked, obviously, one game, a lot of the same issues that we've seen from the Islanders under Lane Lambert that did get Lane fired, uh, in a defensive zone turnovers, un- an inability to successfully get through the neutral zone cleanly, make those, you know, sustain offensive zone time. Uh, they're still giving up way too many shots. I didn't like, you know, they took three penalties. The penalty kill was good, but I didn't like the penalties they took. It's going to take time, or at least a few practices, for Patrick Waugh to really, you know, make the changes that he wants. But you, you spent a lot of time with Matthew Barzell today, and it, it, tell me why Barzy is so excited about this. Well, that goes well. Just, just first, your point about the uh, their play. I mean, yeah, it was not a pretty performance by any means, and they were fortunate to win. So, yeah, that's this is going to take time. If if it is in fact doable, I mean, we don't know if this roster is capable of responding to why and having a big winning streak. So, but but we're not going to know this for a while. As far as Barzal goes, you know, he both both this morning uh, and after the game. Uh, after the morning skate and after the game, he was just, uh, to me, he was the most jacked up about this of any player. Because he, he talked pretty bluntly both times about, you know, that this team need, need, really needed this. I mean, after the game, so, you know, we, we, we like actually looked like a hockey team tonight. You know, he was speaking like a guy who was very frustrated by what this team had, had been doing and knew it needed a change and likes this guy and likes the energy and likes the yelling at people on the bench and encouraging whatever he was doing behind the bench. Um, so, you know, you, you got your all-star who's, who's very on board, which, of course, is important. And, you know, he's had some issues over years with, you know, co- co- you know pe- people trying to coach him up. Now he's a more mature player, more mature person, and he really likes this Patrick Watt thing. So that can only be a positive. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know, the players, as I said, almost to a man, uh, took responsibility for Lane Lambert's firing, saying that the onus was clearly on them. They had not played up to standards, but... You know, as I wrote in Newsday uh, about maybe a week ago, I was chatting with an NHL scout at one of these stops around the league, and and I asked the scout, you know, his impressions on the Islanders, and and the first thing he said really was he didn't see the Islanders as having an identity. He said no identity, and that is foreign to the Islanders because they've always been known as a very hard team to play against. They get in on the four check. They wear you down. They always had an identity for, you know, they, they have a line called the identity line, right? Although Casey Sezikis is being hurt. Uh, assistant coach John McClain's uh, son, Kyle, who's 24, made his NHL debut in the game in Chicago. Um, but you get the sense 
good, bad, or ugly, the Islanders are going to have an identity under Patrick Waugh. And yeah, and again, the the, the on the ice part, we'll see how it evolves. But per- personality-wise, the identity thing took about you know ten seconds to see at the morning, at the morning <laughs> skate. Not only the morning skate when he spoke to us on a Zoom on Saturday when he got when he got hired. You know, the his personality is its own identity, but of course, yeah, he has to translate that to something on the ice. One thing I find interesting about he's such a good talker, and what's interesting to me is how it's in his second language. But I've found over the years that there's when when a guy can speak English well, but it's not his first language. Sometimes he has there's more like they put things in a different way. Pedro Martinez is a guy I think of who's such an interesting guy to listen to in his second language, but. Sometimes that it's just that slightly off way of putting things that makes it more interesting, <laughs> and I think that's what Ra's like. His English is great, but it's still not native, and he's just he's interesting to listen to. And we're going to listen a little bit to uh, the Islanders' new coach Patrick Waugh right now. Uh, a couple of snippets from his uh, pregame presser before the game against the Stars, and I want to start out. Um, he was asked a lot about analytics and how that plays into him as a coach. And he had already done his research. He had pinpointed exactly where the Islanders had gone wrong this season analytically. So he he started there, and then he went into talking about uh, his second Stanley Cup championship in 1993 with the Montreal Canadiens. That was the first season under Jacques Demers, who took over for the fired Pat Burns, that, that led Patrick Waugh to start talking about belief, which is something else he started preaching the moment he got with these players. We don't like analytics when, th- when you're in the bottom of the league, and we like it when we're in the top of the league. So that's pretty simple. But, but to some level, it doesn't lie. So that's a bit what I said to the guys. I mean, we're in the bottom of the league with, with, with breakouts. We're bottom of the league with... Uh, possession of puck possession in our own zone. We're bottom of the league with puck possession in the O zone. So there, there's some work to be to be done there. But I, I really enjoyed this morning. They were very receptive. I mean, I felt like the guys are, are, are understanding the message. And like I said to them, I said, I really want it to be a, a partnership. So they need to be involved with, with me in, in what I do believe is, is the thing to do. And if they don't understand, and if I'm not clear enough, or if my message is, is they don't really understand the details, I want them to speak up and, and, and tell me, and then I find a different way to explain. But today I thought it went really well, and, and I feel like I think what they, they, they understood is a bit what Jacques Demers did to us in 93. I mean, together it's, it's how we're going to win, and, and Jacques said... We're going to shock the world of hockey by winning the Stanley Cup. And we were all looking around and said, did he look at our lineup here or something? <laughs> and, 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 but the man believed in, in, the, in it. So I want us to believe in ourselves. I want us to believe that, that we... And Lou really loves his team. He really loves his team. And I agree with him. This, this is a good team. So, so I believe we're capable of, of more consistency and, and working together. I'm curious to see how far we could go. And speaking about the 1993 Montreal Canadiens, who uh, uh, that was the year the Canadiens won the last of their many, many, many Stanley Cups. And it was also the last year a Canadian team uh, won a Stanley Cup. But to get to the Stanley Cup final, the 
the, the Montreal Canadiens had to go through the New York Islanders in the uh, conference final. And uh, Patrick Waugh was asked about his memories of, of that, that NHL semifinal series and the uh, 1993 New York Islanders. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a special run for us because we, uh, we started against our rival Quebec and we were down 2 nothing. so we found a way to win that series and we beat Buffalo after that in four straight and, and we played the Islanders who, who surprised Pittsburgh. I mean, I remember, I mean, um, watching the game on TV, and I think it's Volek that scored a goal against Barrasso, and, and, um, and we were all like, wow. It was so, Al Arbor did such a great job with, with that franchise. He was he's probably, their, 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 probably the best coach ever played the coach on this organization on top of my head, and, and um, playing them in the playoffs, I mean, it's, it's, they have good fans here. They, they care about the team, they love their team, and they, they support their team. And, and um, some nights it's, it's tough to play here, so I, I look forward to it. Patrick Waugh, of course, spent his playing career with the Montreal Canadiens, and then uh, after a blow-up with then-Canadiens coach Mario Tremblay, um, it forced, a, forced his way out of Montreal, wound up... Uh, spending the rest of his career with the Colorado Avalanche, where he won two more Stanley Cups. Um, however, as far as a connection to the Islanders, he really doesn't have one. He's, he's kind of coming in here as the new guy, um, although he did talk about you know being neighbors with Mike Bossy in, in Montreal. And, and, Neil, you were sort of impressed when he talked to the media on uh, Saturday in announcing his hiring, his PR savvy of immediately mentioning some Islander legends. Yeah, the Islanders management, uh, I don't know how much they'll speak about this on the record, but they are very happy with the marketing potential <laughs> of this guy because the, he knows he's so good at this, and I think it comes naturally. I don't think he's, like, putting on some kind of act. But, yeah, the fact that he started, you know, he played against the uh, Glory Days Islanders when they were a little bit older and he was first in the league, and just him rattling off all the names and talking about that and sort of waxing poetic is, you know, of course, music to the ears of, of Islanders fans. And on Sunday, speaking about Mike Bossy, uh, you know, this guy is a... And it was also so interesting to see the the entire French-speaking hockey media seemed to descend on on UBS Arena and was at the morning skate and I well, obviously they'll all be at the when they play the Canadiens but this this guy is a really big deal for these uh, you know French Canadian fans media and um, you know that just sort of illustrated how big of a deal this was when all of a sudden there's just well, you know you know better than I how many people are normally at a morning skate on a Sunday morning and that was not a normal amount of people at a morning skate on a Sunday morning today. <laughs> no, absolutely. I mean, I would say at a normal morning skate, the media contingent would be maybe five, six people. And you were looking, I think there were probably at least 20. I mean, I, I mean the, 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 the French-Canadian media from Montreal just scrambled to get here. And they were, yeah, they all had, right, tales of scrambling to get here because this was such a surprise. And, and also the fact that they're, you know, carrying these Islanders games back in Quebec that they were not planning to carry. <laughs> I mean, the Islanders are, you know, they didn't play the Nordiques tonight. So, um, so um, 
<laughs> you know, this this is a big this is a big thing up there, and um, you know, again, I, that doesn't translate to like selling tickets on Long Island, but it just does, it does illustrate, um, you know, how, how big he is and and how uh, what a compelling character he is for people. Uh, absolutely a, a, a character. He talked about having to, it was a good question when, when he was asked whether he had to calm himself down over the course of the game because you could see in the first period he was, he was just getting in, in players' faces and tapping them on the shoulders and, and, and just constantly talking and pacing back and forth. I, I think it was Bo Horvat said you, you had to you know, slap a Fitbit on that but guy. <laughs> I, I, but, you know, what's interesting, though, is um, you know, he's been coaching in juniors. You know, it, yeah. And, and it maybe part of that is to kind of remind himself, okay, you know, these are grown men NHL players and maybe you need to dial it down just a little bit. It's like the difference between, you know, coaching in the NFL versus college that, you know, you have to, it's just different. Oh, well, I, I noticed, <laughs> I think it was in the third period, the camera showed him patting Matt Martin on the top of the helmet, like just <laughs> patting him. And, and I was wondering how long it's been since anyone, like, literally pet Matt Martin like that. It's like, dude, I'm, I've been in the lake forever. I'm in my mid-30s. It's, it's cool. We're, we're, everything's good here. <laughs> so Patrick Waugh takes over this team with 36 games to go in, in the season. The Islanders, uh, when he took over, were sitting in sixth place in the Metropolitan Division, but just two points out of a... Uh, uh, a wild card spot, albeit in just a, a, a group of Eastern Conference teams fighting for that last position amongst them, the, the Red Wings, the Devils, the, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, so this is not going to be an easy trek. But the one thing uh, that, that Patrick Waugh kept repeating this morning, and he was even more effusive about it after his first game, was how much he likes this roster and how much Lou Lamarillo likes this roster and how much of that, Neil, do you think is a coach trying to kind of buttress up the players he has or, you know, or is this roster, you know, does it really just need different kind of coaching? Well, we're going to see. I mean, I, you know, Patrick Waugh knows more about hockey than me. Uh, I'm skeptical <laughs> about the <laughs> roster. But, but you know, let's see if he, you know, assuming he means it, yeah. let's see him prove it or have them prove it. Because, uh, you know, they've been together, as we all know, this team's been together forever. We, you know, they haven't. Yeah, I'm skeptical. But 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 here's the most important thing. Yes, wins and losses are all that matter. But whether you're a fan or a journalist or, you know, even the players, what happened this weekend is this team went from a, a boring, irrelevant group that was just kind of going nowhere to a, a fascinating story. And and if you're if you follow the team as a fan or obviously if you follow it as a journalist, that's what you want, yeah. and and Lou Lamarillo bought us two months, two, two two months minimum, of of you know something really interesting. Yeah. And we don't know how it's going to turn out, but it's a lot more interesting than it looked on Friday. Uh, talking about Lou and Lou's famous for not revealing things, right? And there was not one little. 
iota of a clue that Patrick Waugh was on Lou Lamarillo's radar. And, you know, Lou Lamarillo did not accompany the Islanders on that week-long trip, and in retrospect, he was probably back in New York talking to Patrick Waugh. Um, but the fact that he kept that from from anyone, you know, hearing that, you know, speaks to his wizardry in, 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 in sealing leaks. In, in 2024, this is a miracle. I mean, just think about how many in other sports or even in the NHL, you know, th- think about an NFL coaching hire that was not tipped off by the Adam Schefters and the Ian Rappaports of the world or, you know, or Woj. Or, and even in hockey, the same thing. Yeah. I mean, we, we there's no such thing as a, as a secret with a, a, a person of that magnitude Having no rumors, I mean, you got to give Lou credit for, because I don't know how that's possible in 2024. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt Barzell made a very interesting comment this morning saying Lou 100% of the time always knows what the right thing for the group was. And he always does things in a timely manner. You know, last year, you know, we're coming up on the one-year trade of acquiring Bo Horvat. That happened on January 30th, a full month before the trade deadline. Um, you know, this season, uh, we went through a stretch in November where uh, Lane Lambert's job status was openly being questioned. There were, uh, you know, chance for... Uh, Lane Lambert to be fired and for Lou Lamarillo to be fired um, at UBS from the crowd. And and one of the things I thought was it, it was logical that Lou made the, the move now after that just awful road trip because tonight could have been really ugly um, with, with the crowd and you, you would have had chance for Lane's job here. And I, I think from a PR marketing standpoint, you wanted some positivity in the building, and I don't know how much Lou pays attention to that at all. He usually, you know, is not caring about marketing or any of that. But how much of this also is on Lou? You've written a lot over the last year and a half or so about how this is on Lou and not on Lane. Yeah, well, I mean, getting rid of Barry Trotz was on Lou, and then going with Lane was on Lou, and well, now it's, well, everything's on Lou. I mean, he's the boss, but the idea that he always makes the right decision or the right timing, I mean, we all give credit to this guy for an unbelievable career, but, but you know, he, you know, there's reason to uh, critique what's going, what, what, what the current situation, and if, yeah, if this team doesn't make the playoffs, it's very fair to wonder about Lou's future here. Um, so I wouldn't say he always does everything. <laughs> I mean, that's a, a bit much. But, um, yeah, I mean, but on the other hand, y- you know, I yes, I've been skeptical of his recent uh, uh, stewardship. But a- always knowing that the guy deserves, um, de- deserves the benefit of the doubt just because of his resume. Um, so, yeah, this one, I, this one uh, I thank him for because he's going to give us a lot better now we're getting a lot better quotes in our stories. So Lou did the media a favor here, even though I'm sure that was not his intention. <laughs> so so I, I hope, I selfishly, I hope that Patrick Waugh wins because, you know, he's, he's such an interesting character to cover and therefore is good for us. You know, as we discussed earlier in the day, this is really the first time since Lou Lamarillo has been here 
there's a new voice, right? Because Lou Lamarillo brought in Barry Trotz, who brought in Lane Lambert. That was in uh, you know, 2018. Um, and from that moment on, it's either been Barry Trotz or Lane Lambert. And now you're bringing in someone completely from the outside. And I thought you asked a good question to Patrick Watt this morning. Is that a positive or a negative that, you know... A, that this is such a veteran group that's been together. You know, the group knows each other, but Patrick's a complete outsider. And, you know, how do you see that alchemy working out? Well, naturally, he emphasized the positive of, the, of that angle. But, yeah, it's, it's natural with any group, uh, any type of group of people who've been together a long time. Some person they don't know walks in and says, well, no, we're going to do it this way. You know, it's natural to be like, whoa, we kind of know our thing and we know each other. So I do think it's a potential negative, but, you know, it doesn't have to be a negative because these guys are all mature. They want to win. You know, it's it's a good group, you know, character-wise. So one would, one would think they're going to be open to listening to this guy. And for one day, they certainly were. <laughs> we'll see what happens for the next three months. As I mentioned, Neil and I spent, you know, the whole day between morning skate and, and here at UBS Arena chronicling Patrick Waugh's first day as, as, you know, game day as Islanders coach. But as we also mentioned, there was just a ton of uh, press and media down from uh, the Montreal outlets, both TV and writers. And I, I, I caught up with my, my friend uh, Guillaume Lefrancois uh, from La Presse in, in Montreal. Um, to get a little bit of that Montreal side and, and how they've, you know, that city views Patrick Waugh and, and that media group uh, views Patrick Waugh. And I, I found Guillaume's uh, uh, answers enlightening and interesting. So uh, here's, here's my uh, in-game conversation with uh, Guillaume Lefrancois of La Presse in Montreal. It's been an interesting day around the Islanders. You obviously raced into town. What we've seen from Patrick, is that pretty much who he is? On, uh, it, it is who, who he is. Pa- Patrick Watt can give a show, can put it on a show yeah. when he wants to. And that's what we were treated to on his first day. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, he can, be, he can be a very good quote, actually, for media. I think media will like him because yeah. on, on a good day, wh- whether he's happy or, ang- or angry, he can be a pretty good quote. He's very insightful. Uh, he can be pretty, um, uh, how can I mean, pretty colorful the yeah. way he speaks. <laughs> uh, so that's, you know, it, it, it should be quite amusing. I mean, he had a lot of good stories to tell. Obviously, on, a, on the first day, it's always going to be a bit better because he's more prepared. It's less in the day-to-day. It's, yeah. it's a different context. But, I mean, he, there, there should be not a whole lot of dull moments. In your dealings, and you know, and just watching this league, you know, seeing Patrick Waugh's previous stop in Colorado, what kind of coach do you think he is? You know, how good a coach is he, and how much better, you know, do you think he might be in a second stop given what he learned in yeah. Colorado? Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I, I don't think we should expect him to be ex- what he was in Colorado. I think he's he, he's the same guy, but I'm. I'm he said he has evolved, and from what we've heard, he has evolved. He has, uh, you know, he spent two years away from the game, like two and a half if you count the, the last half a season, so two and a half years away from the game. He went back to the to coach the juniors. Um, when, when you think about it, when he went back to the juniors, he had been away from the junior also for a few years, so 
generation of players have changed, and he learned to adapt to that. Uh, from what we're told by those who work with him, also they also say that he's changed a lot. He's changed the way he approaches things. He consults a lot. A lot of people. I have people told me that uh, whether it's Jacques Lemaire, you know, former head coach, or John Cooper, Barry Trotz, these are all names that he was said to have consulted at at, at some point during his tenure in the in the Quebec Junior League. So that tells you that he, you know, for every, for all those who think that he has this big ego, he might. I don't know. I mean, that, that yeah. that's hard to tell from the outside. But whether or not he has an ego, he still goes out and, and consults with, with other great coaches and he this basically tells you that he thinks he can learn from those from those big names. Yeah, now interestingly, not his second game, but his third game as Islander coach, <laughs> which is gonna be the four thousandth game in Islander history. Thursday I, I didn't know that part <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, tonight's the two thousandth uh, home game in Ireland. Okay. So so he's hitting all the milestones. But Thursday <laughs> in Montreal. Yeah. What kind of, you know, how is he still perceived in Montreal? Is he, you know, I, I know he's made amends or they, the, the, yes. the organization and he On both made sides, a, exactly. Right. Yeah, both sides. I mean, ever since they retired his jersey in 2008, yeah. you can say that, yeah, the, the relationship has sort of been repaired between right. between the two. Yeah. Um, so there, there's that part. And obviously, you know, for, there, there's nobody left really from, from when he left yeah. uh, in 95. Yeah. So... Um, yeah, so, so so there's that part. Uh, people still like his personality. People obviously will always love him as a player. And they they pretty much, I mean, the consensus is people blame that the, the head coach at the time, Mario Tremblay, yeah. for what happened. Like yeah. the, nobody blames Patrick Roy for what happened at the time. Yeah. So they blame that whole management. Uh, for for what happened to the Canadians that year and the years after, because it's been a long drop yeah. after that. Yeah. Um, so that part, as, as as a former player, is yeah. imme- immensely loved and appreciated. Uh, as for a coach, as for any coaches, there's never Montreal fans are never unanimous. There will yeah. always be. <laughs> there's always going to be different trends, different opinions. So not everybody sees him as this great great coach. You know, some yeah. people just will never forget the way he left the avalanche uh, I mean and, and well, Roy himself said it might, it might not yeah. have been the best way to leave <laughs> uh, but I mean that'll always say I, well I mean for a little while it's, it's going to stick to him I, I guess until he proves otherwise um, so that, you know I mean there are, there are some fans that are disappointed that he's never coached Montreal yet but there are others who, who think they're fine without him and that maybe his style wouldn't be good for Montreal because he'd be too much to handle I guess for, yeah. for, for this market <laughs> so but yeah as anything fans are polarized about him I mean, I'm just curious, what kind of scene do you think it's going to be like on Thursday oh, at Bell Center I, I think he's going to have a warm round of applause at first uh, we'll see throughout the game whether if he goes at it with the ref or with uh, I, I don't I don't see him going at it with Martin Saint Louis because that's that's not his style. But when, I mean, you know, if anything happens, we'll see how people react. But at first, I'm sure he'll get a, a pretty warm welcome. And knowing the type of winner he is, he, I, I don't know what exactly is it that he'll do. Whether it's I, I don't know if coaches put money on the board or I don't know what he'll tell them. What he'll, I don't know what he'll offer them, but. 
there's going to be a big incentive, and if I, if I were a betting man, I wouldn't bet on the Canadians <laughs> for that game. He's going to be highly, highly motivated, driven, and, uh, and you know, being this early in his senior, I'm sure his players will, will show up for it. So uh, I, I really appreciate uh, Guillaume uh, uh, taking some time. I, I sort of tracked him down up here in the press box during the first intermission as he was uh, trying to uh, enjoy a very nice first intermission snack uh, because he's had a heck of a travel day and getting to New York and scrambling to do this. So uh, I really appreciate Guillaume's uh, uh, patience with me there. And uh, Neil, as always, I think this is... Was this game one for us together this season? I have been to a couple of games for that team that plays in Manhattan, but I believe this was my first Islanders game this year. But g- given what's happened in the last two days, I, I have a feeling it will not be my last <laughs> Islanders game of the year. <laughs> well, it, it's always great to uh, uh, catch up with you, um, although I, I, I sort of feel guilty every time uh, you cover a game. I'm like, and we're doing a podcast afterwards. <laughs> I, it's... <laughs> It's my pleasure to be part of this, uh, our podcast juggernaut that you so ably man most of the time on your own. Well, and maybe in the playoffs we'll, uh, we'll suck uh, Colin back into well, this as well. Yeah, well, and yeah. yeah I, 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 maybe we'll finally get that Islanders-Rangers series this year that I've been waiting 30 years for. Maybe yeah, this year. 1994. It's been a long time. Neil, thank you so much for joining me, and my thanks also to... Uh, uh, Guillaume Lefrancois of La Presse in Montreal, and and I guess my thanks to Patrick Waugh and Lou Lamarillo for making this a very, very, very interesting 24 hours to cover with a lot more to come, and thank you for listening, episode 177 of Island Ice. For any New York Islanders content, please go to newsday.com backslash aisles. And of course, until we talk next time, happy hockey, everybody.